What do you do if you are a Labour Party strategist right now? The election is next year, and joining us now is Massey University's Associate Professor of Politics, uh, and he has a radical suggestion. Grant Duncan joins us now, talking a change in style, talking even maybe a change in leadership. Grant, good afternoon. Good afternoon there. So, uh, Grant, do you do you think this is seriously an issue that Labour will or should be looking at, whether Jacinda Ardern should be leader going into the next election? Well, I wouldn't use the word should because as an academic, I don't give advice to political parties. But yeah. all I was really saying is that uh, given the trend in the polls at the moment, if that were to continue for the rest of this year, it would seem logical that... Um, a backroom strategist, if uh, they were able to sort of think objectively about their political situation, would be to not only look at policies and not only look at perhaps, you know, who's holding office, ministerial office, and maybe think about a cabinet reshuffle or something like that. You'd also uh, need to be able to uh, put the leadership question on the table, both in terms of style and, and of course, who actually is the leader. Uh, and there's some interesting precedents uh, to go on here. Uh, you know, for instance, John Key rather unexpectedly uh, stood down as leader of the National Party in December 2016, just short of a year before an election. Um, that probably didn't do the National Party a great deal of favours, honestly, but they still did quite well at the subsequent election under Bill English. Uh, and Jacinda Ardern herself, of course, uh, you know, took office or oh, took leadership of the Labour Party unexpectedly, uh, just seven weeks prior to that election. And that, uh, you know, really galvanised that whole election campaign and made, made a big difference. So um, I mm. just put those out there as sort of some, pre, you know, recent precedents to think about. Why do you think the polls have been trending um, in the direction that they've indicated lately? Mm. Yeah, well, it is interesting, isn't it? One, one thing that's kind of a bit puzzling for people like myself is that it's getting harder and harder to make predictions because the polls have been all over the place. And, uh, you know, National was uh, ahead of, of Labour in the polls at the beginning of 2020, but, of course, the pandemic turned everything upside down. Uh, Labour got a lot of backing for their approach to the pandemic in 2020. Of course, their polling shot up at one stage over 60%. And uh, at the election, as I'm sure you recall, you know, uh, they landed at 50%, which was actually, you know, the, the best we've seen under MMP. So they were rewarded with a very high result. But things have changed, obviously. And I'm sure your, your listeners have their own opinions about this. But uh, obviously, you know, the, you know, as we've made our way out of the pandemic, uh, people have started to get pretty tired of things uh, and a bit grumpy, I guess. And of course, the cost of living issue is really eating away now at people's budgets and their confidence and things like that. So, yeah, the, the mood of the country has changed now, hasn't it? Grant, how much is that something which is just a New Zealand thing or is actually that incumbent governments all over the mm. world may be experiencing frustration with things which they may think are unique to their country but are actually very global? Yeah, these are common problems um, because the initial effect of a situation like a pandemic is what people sometimes call the rally round the flag effect and you do get you know, an initial boost of support for an incumbent leader and an incumbent government. But as the consequences start to wear people down, things can change and that's clearly going by the trend in the polls what's happening in New Zealand, but I don't think this is uncommon. 
Um, but the everyone knew uh, that not only in New Zealand but elsewhere that the emergency fiscal measures that governments would be taking to get them through uh, would ultimately cause inflation. And I remember people predicting that early on. And that's what's hitting us now. And of course, it's exacerbated by President Putin's war in Ukraine, unfortunately. So there's a number of factors that are driving this. And um, yes, it's a global situation. But, um, you know, when people are feeling the pinch, you know, they want change uh, from the government that can do something about it from their own government. And they tend to blame the uh, incumbent government to some degree. They want to see some action, and that may lead people to think more about, um, you know, swapping allegiance. So mm. the other factor, of course, here is nationals change in leadership, which seems to have had a positive impact for them. Yeah. What can Labor do to reverse uh, the trend that we've been observing? Because there are certain things outside their control, but there are some mm. controversial reforms that they're undertaking. The one that comes first and foremost to mind is uh, the three waters with the, the added sort of bonus of co-governance. Well, yes, the three waters idea starts off with a you know a good aim, which is to give us all you know a, a better supply of quality water and to deal with wastewater and so forth more effectively for environmental reasons. And I think everyone can sign up to that general idea. Uh, the how here is the question, and the you know there's quite a dramatic dramatic governance change being suggested. To be honest, I can't really see much clear connection between the radical change in governance and the outcomes that are being sought. And so there is a sense that this is a Trojan horse for co-governance. Um, and I can't necessarily actually see it working very well for the average Māori household, let alone anyone else. Do you, do, you think that issues, do you think that issues like this are a factor in the decline in the polls? Oh, undoubtedly. Um, that's one factor, yeah. And I think generally the, it's the process here because... You know, we saw mayors up and down the country uh, reacting negatively to this plan. And so these are things that are avoidable if you take your time over over proposing and, you know, you, you set up some kind of commission to look more carefully at these sorts of changes. As they did, for instance, with the reform of local government in Auckland, you know, there was a commission of inquiry. Not everybody liked the idea, but the thing is there had been a really public, lengthy, open, well-researched process before Mm. we went ahead with this major change. And, yeah, not everyone likes it, but there was at least um, a a, a more accountable and open process, and it took its time. And I think this is part of the problem here. Not only that, but another example would be the... um, income insurance uh, proposal as well, which, you know, may be a good idea, but I think it's getting a lot of resistance from both the left and the right, honestly, Mm. because there's a sense that people aren't really backing this. It's been done in the back room, and it's now out there as a proposal. Grant, let's come back to these polls. Is it possible that the polls are overstating the support of National and Act, given that National never polled as bad as what happened at the last election? The last election, they got 25%. Hmm. So the, they had poll after poll suggesting their support was was three to five percentage points higher than that. Absolutely. That's a really good point you make, actually, because going into the last election, the polls all of them, you know, for about the month or so prior to the election were overestimating national to an extent that was outside of the plus or minus 3% margin of error. And because that was a repeated error done by, you know, more than one pollster, 
that meant there was something systematically wrong with their methodology. So I have seen no reason to believe that current polls are actually methodologically any better. And so I think we have to take individual polls with a grain of salt to some extent. But however, what we can see, and I think what we can have some confidence in is a general trend. So I, mean, I do think it is a bit ridiculous when you see um, uh, reporters on the six o'clock news reading tea leaves into an individual uh, poll and saying this is the number of seats that this party would get and who could govern and who couldn't and who might be kingmaker and questions like that. This is really just going too far, um, you know, just looking at an individual poll because I do question their accuracy. And they do, they they have overestimated the right and underestimated the left. If the backroom and Labor do decide that, look, as a matter of process, we should review who, um, whether Jacinda is the right leader going ahead, who are the other options uh, realistically within the Labor leadership? Well, the one that most people would probably point to would be Grant Robertson. Um, and I wouldn't necessarily you know, want to be the person making predictions about who who would follow in Jacinda's footsteps. But one way to look at it is this, that there's two ways that Jacinda could personally look at this. She could say, well, look, uh, we're in difficult times now. Um, you know, As we get through this COVID issue, uh, things may, may settle down. Uh, things may look different at the beginning of next year and hopefully she'll be able to get back to some of the priorities that she began her prime ministership with, which were particularly reducing uh, child poverty and uh, home affordability. And those are two issues that that have been, in a sense, you could argue, have been derailed by the priorities of this uh, pandemic emergency. So she might say, well, you know, I can get back to those priorities uh, when things settle down a little bit. Another way that she could look at it is say that, you know, uh, maybe give herself a pat on the back for doing a great job um, as Prime Minister during the pandemic, but say, this COVID issue has really tainted my Prime Ministership, my leadership. I want to move on and do something else. Now, that's a personal decision for her. But as I say, it does remind me rather of the kind of thinking that uh, John Key shared with us when he did uh, stand down. You know, he said, you know, I've got nothing more on the tank. I've done my bit. It's time for me to to get out of the way. He quit while he was ahead, so to speak, rather than wait till he was defeated, say, at an election or something. You know, he he left on his own terms and said, you know, you gain a bit of respect if you do that well, I think, with good reasoning. Yeah. and so I'm not necessarily saying that she will or should do that. As I say, that's not really my role. But I'm just sort of saying what kind of thinking mm. might go on. You know, yeah. it might be time to refresh the leadership, just like it was, you know, seven weeks before the 2017 election when Andrew Little, rather bravely, I think, um, stood aside in favour yeah. of Jacinda, and it worked for them. Well, thank you so much for being on the programme. Grant Duncan is an Associate Professor of Politics at Massey University. Enjoy your Sunday. We'll talk another time.